Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan, our A to Z Sports.com Titans reporter. And we go live every weekday mornings at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Link to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline at A to Z Sports. Also, make sure you hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and more for more great Titans conversation and content. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you. Uh, like Wilson County Hyundai, wilsoncountyhyundai.com is where you should turn to make them a part of your new car buying process. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans, better coverage rates and service at fbhp.com slash atoz. The Aura app, keeping us safe online, and they can keep you safe online as well with a two-week free trial by using our link, Aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. And our friends at Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations across the mid-state in Murfreesboro, Franklin, and in Columbia online at KrebsKubota.com. So, Sam, uh, we are going to go through your four positions still in limbo uh, as we are less than a week away. Uh, from roster cut day for the Tennessee Titans and everybody else in the NFL. So you've got your new 53-man roster um, out uh, last night uh, slash this morning. Uh, so you did mention before we uh, kind of switch gears on, on Caleb Farley, you want to improve from last year. Do you remember what was your correct roster decisions out of uh, your 53 last year? Do you remember where you were at? I think I was I, I was 40-plus. I want to say I was at like 46, I hope you're, 40. I hope yeah, you were 40-plus. Right, right, right. Yeah, I want to say I was at like 47 or 48, correct? I I would have to go back and relook. I, I only missed a handful of them. So I'd like to really keep it to like, if I'm going to miss any one or two misses this year, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. And I feel pretty good. I mean, like these are the four position groups, Austin, that I feel like are most subject to change, but I feel like I got a lot of them right. Like, I feel like I have a good, good gauge of everybody else. Yeah, so. uh, yeah, for sure. So uh, we'll get to those four position groups, but obviously we need to uh, touch on what happened yesterday, I guess overnight, uh, Monday into Tuesday morning with Caleb Farley. Sam, we were at St. Thomas Sports Park on the sideline of practice when the news started to come out that the deadly explosion that leveled Caleb Farley's North Carolina home uh, that resulted in the death of his father, uh, non-threatening life, uh, non non-life-threatening injuries to another uh, one of Caleb Farley's friends who was at the property in the house at the time, uh, which is a horrific situation. Gas leak that had been going and potentially water heater explosion is what has come out of that local news reporting. But we had learned about this, and, and you know, right in the middle of this Titans inner squad scrimmage, we were so excited to watch, and it did change the tone of practice a little bit. From my perspective, now the Titans got a lot of really good work done and motivated, uh, energized work done. But uh, then uh, several Titans players and coaches talked afterwards. And here's what the Titans put out yesterday. And this was before the confirmation of Farley's father as the one who passed. But here is uh, what the Titans had to say uh, about their teammate, Caleb Farley. What's most important is that uh, we do everything that we can to support him. Um, Emotionally, uh, teammates, coaches, organization, you know, just uh, shocking, but, but also got to focus on Caleb and his family and what we can do to support them and, and, and be here for them. You know, I feel for him, obviously, and he'll be in my uh, prayers. But um, 
No, nah, I mean, it's just a, you just feel for him, for sure. Yeah, just praying for Caleb. Um, I was actually just, uh, we was probably the last one in the locker room last night, just, just, just hanging around. But, um, you know, I just found out the news, uh, praying for him, keeping him in our prayers. Uh, I prayed for his family, um, send my condolences. All We all send our condolences. Uh, just a tragic situation. Um, I just can't, you know, I can't describe the way he probably is feeling right now. And um, just let him know we're praying for him. We love him. And, you know, we're all here for him if he needs some money to lean on. I uh, was in on the Kevin Byard uh, press conference scrum for him, and Kevin Byard talked for a couple minutes about Caleb Farley. Oh, that was it. No football question, just all about Caleb Farley. And KB being his typical KB leader self was uh, really, emo- you know, you could feel in uh, the the words of what Byard was saying, and uh, especially being a position group and a leader on the team on that side of the football for Caleb. Uh, it's just, you know, a, a situation that's hard to label with a word. Mike Vrabel used shocked, uh, which is absolutely a, a you know word there. And Sam, I, I feel like saying that Caleb Farley can't catch a break is like an understatement of a lifetime of, you know, losing his mother to, to cancer five years or so ago. And then his father in such a shocking tragedy. Uh, and then also with the, the lack of fortune when it comes to, his body and injuries trying to play the sport that he loves for a living. It's just been a really tough, um, obviously an understatement, incredibly tough stretch for a, a young guy that's now without both parents uh, in his early twenties. Yeah. Uh, a young man that's gone through a lot of adversity. Um, and I, I would say too, I heard Caleb speak this morning. Uh, I think it was on a, a news channel or something yeah, queen just, city re- news is the local outlet that's been really on top of this story so yeah reflecting on his father uh and he said you know my my father was a, a stand-up dude raised me to be a stand-up dude and i i mean that couldn't say it better like couldn't be more true caleb farley's an excellent guy and he's he's great to talk to even through a lot of struggles on the football field and with his body and things that are not easy to deal with as a football player, you add the personal adversity into it. Um, and Caleb has always shown up and been an, an excellent teammate. He's always been, been willing to speak. And, you know, from my experiences with him, been a, been a great dude. And I know a lot of Titans fans have the same experience with interacting with him and uh you know seeing him out or seeing him at training camp and talking to him so just a a guy that your heart goes out to um and i i certainly think his character is a reflection of his father's character um and and a testament to the man that his dad was as well yeah um so just heartbreaking uh and anything else that you can kind of describe that situation. So we'll kind of see what happens, right? Caleb Farley's still on physically unable to perform. Uh, we haven't seen much of him uh, on the practice field at all, really, because of his back surgery, another back surgery that he had to go through uh, during the tail end of last season. And so who knows what that future is with the Titans and his availability as an athlete, but still trying to figure out um, and hope and hope the best for him and how he and his family can navigate this. And I did see there was some type of celebration that Farley posted on his Instagram story last night trying to celebrate his father uh, back in his hometown. So uh, back at home and Derek Henry just saying that he was Monday night in the locker room, right? So Monday night in the locker room, uh, assuming that news happened and he takes the first trip out to uh, North Carolina to get there on the scene where he could go through and the investigation and video of 
him there um, at the the house site uh, in just a horrific situation. But all right, we'll do we'll transition as best we can, Sam. Uh, you've got four position groups in limbo as the Titans approach roster cut day in less than one week. It was uh, one week from yesterday, so Tuesday the 29th at 3 p.m. Central when the Titans and every NFL team has to go from 90 to 53. So tee us up here, Sam, as you have your 53-man roster projection out on a sports.com, which is the first position of limbo that the Titans are still in. And uh, let's dive into it. Yeah, let's go right into it. And uh, Austin, I'm starting off with the most confusing position group that we still have. There's some, some position groups in question this one's going to be hard to navigate and hard to figure out. And I'm talking about wide receiver because of the injuries to Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips. It's not really very easy to like decide where the Titans are going to go with the number of wide receivers, which wide receivers they keep and who's going to be active for that first game. A lot of it might have to do with if Traylon Burks can play, but here's who I've got on my 53 right now. DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, Chris Moore, Nick Westbrook-Akine, and Reggie Robertson Jr. as the six guys making the 53. Kyle Phillips is going to make the 53-man roster. The Titans will have to roster him in order to move him to injured reserve. So when that initial 53 comes out, he'll be on it. Mm-hmm. I expect the Titans to IR Kyle shortly after I mean, if the six-week timeline is accurate and he's going to miss four regular season games, you throw him on IR. And then you have the ability to then elevate a player at wide receiver or another position to the active roster or just elevate somebody from your practice squad and make them active uh, so that you have six wide receivers healthy and ready to go for those first few games. And, you know, if Traylon Burks doesn't go, then you certainly need to add one. So... Colton Dowell, Mason Kinsey are two guys that I think are candidates to be elevated or get opportunity in those first few games if Kyle mm-hmm. Phillips and Traylon Burks both can't go. Uh, but I, and so this is interesting. I see yeah. comments saying, so, so cut Colton Dowell. It was a really tough choice for me to make here, the, deciding if it was Colton Dowell or Reggie Robertson or what I was going to do at the back end. And I think the Titans have a really hard decision. Yeah. I view. And- Go ahead. Well, I was going to say there is a, a, a development from even the conversation we had yesterday about the wide receiver position. I kind of want to get to that on the development that we saw from yesterday at practice, in my opinion. I, I haven't talked to you about this, but uh, I want to add to that and react to your roster decisions as well. But first, Sam, tell us uh, all about our friends at the Bone and Joint Institute. You love throwing the Bone and Joint Institute after these injuries. I'm not. That's that. That was. It was. I was right. It was in slot A. It's the way that it goes. Slot A on Thursday. That's just how it happened. Well, if you are like the Titans receivers and you get hurt in life, make sure you visit the Bone and Joint Institute. Don't fumble on your recovery. Visit them at boneandjointtn.org or visit them out in Franklin. They're the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care, a state-of-the-art rehab facility with rehab, image, surgery, testing, all under one roof. Uh, That's out in Franklin. It's a great, great campus. Uh, So you don't have to drive all over Middle Tennessee to go to your different appointments. As convenient as possible with great, reliable care, schedule an appointment at boneandjointtn.org. All right, so Sam, you call this the most confusing position group, and I'll I'll throw up uh, what you had uh, 
earlier about the Titans receivers and the six that you have Hopkins, Burks, Phillips. You've got the double asterisks there uh, on your article there for the 53 man roster because you expect them to IR Phillips, which complicates things. He has to make the 53, like you mentioned. Uh, And the IR rules are a player has to miss four games before they can be eligible to be returned from IR. So that would be uh, four games that you would have to be without Kyle Phillips. So what do you do uh, from there? And so I think the interesting development, Sam, from yesterday's show is we talked about these wide receiver injuries, LCL, MCL, TBD, and knee. Now, Colton Dowell practiced yesterday. Yep. And Colton Dowell didn't just practice yesterday after going out in Minnesota in joint practices and not playing Saturday night in Minnesota. Colton Dowell was pretty active and pretty good yesterday in practice and catching a deep touchdown, I believe, from Malik Willis in that scrimmage and was running a lot of snaps and reps. And so maybe Colton Dowell is healthier than we had expected um, after being banged up the last couple of weeks. He got banged up in Chicago, too. Uh, but I think Colton Dowell's availability does throw an extra wrench in this. Now it's it's crunch time for Colton Dowell, the seventh round pick that you invested a draft capital pick in versus Reggie, who we all like, and we've talked about him yesterday. But I think Colton Dowell's health is now an extra layer to this confusing wide receiver group. Yeah, I mean, those two were a toss-up for me. And, and it's really interesting too, Austin, because – Typically at the back end of a wide receiver room, you're looking at special teams impact. You're looking at who is valuable as a gunner, who can make a special teams tackle. That's where Colton Dowell has really tried to like separate himself from the rest of the wide receiver room. But I think an interesting development here is that without Kyle Phillips, potentially without Traylon Burks, you might need this extra wide receiver. I mean, this extra wide receivers, if Traylon Burks can't play week one, whoever makes this team is your wide receiver four in the first game. So like they might need to be impactful as a receiving threat. Yeah, And, and so your, your priorities might change a little bit here. And, so, and uh, here's another thing too, and we'll have to monitor this, but something that's kind of not, you know, the Caleb Farley unfortunate tragedy kind of uh, changed the reporting of yesterday's scrimmage in practice. But Chickaconquo left practice early. He went he inside with a trainer and uh, I saw, you know, me and you and Terry McCormick were kind of eyeing uh, and observing Chig trying to work on something it looked like with his right leg. And so, you know, Chigaconquo's availability against New Orleans is humongous, regardless if Burks can or can't go and how that kind of changes the entire pecking order too. I'm starting to get more nervous about my Titans plus three bet that I've got uh, from earlier in the summer. Well, the good news is that game is still a ways away because you have the off week. So, I mean, Chig has over two weeks to recover from whatever it is he's got going on in order to be out there. So, I don't know. Mason Kinsey's a guy who's not going to make the 53, but I think is a candidate to get elevated from the practice squad and be active for those first few games and get his opportunity that way. I would be surprised if they roster him just because I don't think he's a candidate to get like signed to another active roster. And so I think you can practice squad him safely and still get impact from him in the regular season games. If you feel like, you know, he has value in those games. Yeah. But I think Dowell or, so I think Dowell or or Robertson are going to be the guy to get the last spot. I just want to encourage Titans fans to like, make sure that you're understanding exactly what could change at wide receiver 
in the days after the initial 53 comes out. Like it's not going to be, it, you know, Dowell might not make the team and then might get added after Phillips gets IR. Like there's a lot of possibilities there. Yeah. And uh, Titans Rossi, uh, our, you know, we, who we know have is driving the Mason Kinsey fan club bus saying he might make it look. And, and I, I saw Paul uh, Kaharski wrote about this on his site. It does feel like now or never for Mason Kinsey. Here's this is the right opportunity for Mason Kinsey to find a spot. Because I've been saying the entire training camp, there's just no logical role or need for Kinsey on the roster. But now Kyle Phillips is hurt. And now you've got Kiaris some other Jackson dominoes. is hurt. So that's the other difference. Kiaris Jackson is also down. So Mason becomes one of your top two punt returning options with him and Eric Gare. And so, you know, and Mike Vrabel said yesterday, Kinsey has the ability to line up anywhere. He has taken advantage of just about every football they've thrown to him in the preseason games. Like he, he's catching the ball. He's where he's supposed to be. He can line up anywhere. He can catch and return punts. That's valuable enough to them right now that I, I think he's going to get activated for a couple games. Like I, I'm pretty there's confident. There's a difference. In, yeah. There's a difference but, in making right. the roster and being a practice squad activation for game day. Right. So, I mean, spoiler, I'm talking to Mason at practice today and, and we're going to kind of hear from him and hear about the opportunity that he feels like he has and, and catch up with him. So Titans Rossi and anybody else that, you know, loves their Mason Kinsey content, keep an eye out for that. And you wanted but to I, do that yesterday, but just not the right time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, uh, I was hoping to do that yesterday, but like you said, the tone of practice kind of shifted. And so I thought I'd catch, catch Mason when, you know, guys are coming off in a little bit of a lighter mood. Uh, but yeah, keep an eye on that. And I would still be surprised if it was a 53 man though, just because of his status with the team. I, I think he's a practice squad elevation until Kyle Phillips comes back. And that would be four games. And I, I want to say uh, three practice squad elevations is the max before you have to pull a player. to Yeah. The so I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's three and then it's Kiaris Jackson for one. Like, but I think we, like I expect Mason to be active week one. Well, uh, Kiaris Jackson, we don't know his long-term uh, thing either. Now I did, yeah. I did feel based on what I saw with my eyes that I can't really go deep into. I am more optimistic in Kiaris Jackson's injury than I thought initially because I saw him physically yesterday and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's not as doom and gloom as I had thought a non-contact knee injury could be on a kick return. All right, Sam, let's get to your second position group in limbo. Set us up with this one and let's uh, dive into it. All right, position group number two. uh, This one's – I'm not sure it's as – interesting or as publicly documented but i think it is actually a pretty competitive group right now sneaky it's the outside linebackers so i kept five on my initial uh on this 53 man my first one i kept four uh and as you see there i think the highlight at the bottom is two rookies two undrafted free agent rookies and caleb murphy and thomas rush making this team uh as outside linebackers behind landry key and weaver um, Caleb Murphy is somebody that I did not really feel like had much of a shot to make this team when camp first started and has proven to me that he just has a knack for getting after the passer. Uh, and if you can rush the passer, they'll find roster space for you in this league. I think he's played well enough in two preseason games that 
getting him to your practice squad might be a little bit more difficult than the Titans originally thought. And that might warrant him to earn a roster spot. Thomas Rush, not a name people know, not a name people have seen much of in preseason games. I think he's more impactful as a special teamer right now than he is as a, you know, pass rusher or defender. But the biggest thing with him, Austin, the Titans gave him over $200,000 in base salary guaranteed as a UDFA out of Minnesota. He was the highest paid UDFA of their rookie free agent class. Mm -hmm. And they did it because of his special teams value. So, I mean, his athleticism and his ability to contribute there was something that stood out to them on the tape and a reason they brought him in to begin with. So you might not have like heard his name and people want to go throw Sam O and, and, you know, whoever else on this roster, they paid Thomas Rush. And when you give a guy that big of a, you know, signing bonus as a undrafted free agent, you probably like him to stick with the team. Yeah. So I have both of them making my roster. So I've got the biggest variable to that there. I think it's very interesting and you call it the sneakiest position battle on the Titans roster right now. So I'm going to give you my variable to this. Uh, after I talk to you, to you guys about Krebs Kubota, our friends in the equipment providing business, and they do it better than anybody else in the mid-state. Krebs Kubota, they are an elite Kubota dealer with the best equipment inventory in town across the mid-state. They also have the best customer service across the mid-state as well. What does it mean to be an elite Kubota dealer? You've got the best equipment plus the best warranties, and we all know how important, if you don't, you should, how important warranties are when it comes to equipment that you're using for you know power and force at your property for whatever projects you have going on at your home, at your property, and beyond there. So Krebs Kubota, take care, let them take care of you. Build that relationship because that is their goal. They want to build a true, authentic relationship with their customers. They've been doing it for 18 years. They had the Kubota brand as an elite Kubota dealer label. That's a big deal for you. You win because of that. You also win because they've been doing this for 18 plus years, family owned and operated in the mid-state in three incredible locations, Murfreesboro, Franklin, and Columbia, online at KrebsKubota.com. So Sam, my variable to what you're saying about the outside linebacker position group, because I I don't disagree with your logic on the five. I agree with you that Caleb Murphy and him having three sacks in two preseason games, everybody knows what Caleb Murphy has been doing. He ain't hiding him. He is going to get scooped up if you cut him. Is Thomas Rush going to get scooped up if you cut him? I haven't noticed him as much in games or practice, my variable is five outside linebackers. When you've got a group of defensive linemen of Simmons, Tart, Autry, maybe PV, maybe Johnson or Naquan Jones, that's four or five guys there. And Danico Autry could be your fifth outside linebacker yeah. if you need him. That's the 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 versatility of Autry. I think cuts down on the need for five true outside backers. And the honesty thing is like, are they going to have four outside backers and Autry active on game day on 46? Probably not. Like, so I think the fourth guy on that list might be inactive for the majority of games because you've got the top three. You like a lot with draft investment and financial investment in Landry key and Weaver, then Autry as a depth fourth to be versatile 
I, you know, I just don't think there's room for five on the roster. Obviously, you did a 53-man roster with five on it, but that's just kind of my thought there. Yeah, I mean, Danico's versatility is certainly always kind of an X factor when you're looking at, at you know, front four stuff uh, as far as, like, a roster is concerned. He can go inside or outside, and that's what makes him valuable. Uh, I think the real question here, though, because I have five defensive linemen, I have five outside linebackers. I have five inside linebackers and I have wow. 10 players in the secondary. There's 25 uh, defenders. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty typical 25 to 25 defenders or so and 25 offensive players. Uh, um, maybe it's 26, 24, but I mean, 25, 25 is not, uh, not that unusual. Uh, Titans did that last year. Titans also kept 11 players in the secondary last year. So that is one thing that I think could change is potentially do you keep another one of these younger, talented corners in the secondary to, you know, stick around over one of these outside linebackers knowing you have Danico Autry's versatility? It's a possibility. I think the question probably comes down to the special teams impact of Thomas Rush versus X cornerback or X safety that you believe uh, is a contender to make the roster because that guy's staying on the team to play special teams. So how valuable, um, you know, are they to special teams? Yeah. I think Thomas rush, I think they like what he can do in that sense. Well, but, Dwayne says, I mean, uh, it's the one Titans, of the reasons I think this is an interesting yeah, underrated group here. Agree. Because you've got five guys that they like, especially because they, you mentioned how much do they pay Thomas rush guarantee? It was over 200,000. I don't have the exact number. I yeah, can it's a lot it of cash just to give a guy that you're going to cut two months later. Yeah. And so oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, I'm seeing here, uh, Dwayne says the Titans need special teamers. I mean, yeah, but like you, you, you need multiple special teams body types. Like Thomas Rush is the same special teams body type as Gifford and Neiman and Campbell. Yeah, and a different body type than what another DB wide receiver or safety uh, will be for that special teams unit too. So you need those two body types: the mid skill and the you know high skill i don't know if that's a label i know i know big i know offensive linemen d linemen don't be calling they like to be called big skill because of their you know their freakish athletics they don't like being called big boys big skill but you know do you have little skill mid skill uh your know, body types and it comes down to those two things and it is interesting yeah i mean so i'm looking at the list right now the titans signed seven undrafted free agents in their initial udfa class uh, a lot of these guys are $25,000, $5,000, zero in guarantees, $40,000 for Jacob Copeland. They gave Thomas Rush $175,000 of total guarantee, four times what they gave the next highest guy. It's a lot of guaranteed money, like you said, to just cut somebody. So, I mean, maybe speaks to what they like about him. Yeah, for sure. I don't know why the chat has turned into a, uh, well, I think I know why it turned into a mayonnaise conversation, but then there's uh, a conversation about the Alabama white sauce uh, for something too. I, I don't understand uh, what's going on there, but you know, you guys do what you do. <laughs> Thanks for All commenting right. on the show. Hey, keep helps, coming. It, helps the algorithm no matter what. All right. So, um, <laughs> so that's intriguing. So we, you have two more position groups. We've gone through wide receiver uh, and we've gone through now outside linebackers. So the third position group in limbo, Sam is what? The third ones, I, I just brought it up, and I keep going back and forth and back and forth, but it's the secondary. Uh, it, it's 
a group that can keep 10, can keep 11. Uh, another group that versatility could potentially play a factor here in where they keep some of their depth. And ultimately, I settled on 10 players in the secondary. Uh, and you see them on the right side. Those are my corners with Fulton McCreary, Murphy Bunting, and Trey Avery, which uh, I don't think, uh, you know, is all that out there. I think that's pretty set in stone. You can say the same thing about Bayard, Hooker, and Elijah Molden. The other three uh, were interesting spots that kind of are up in the air. So, I mean, I did go with Eric Guerrero yeah, as the guy. fifth corner, a guy that I think everybody is bought in on right now from media to, to the players, to the coaches has proven to be a good tackler in the preseason games has covered pretty well in training camp uh, has been a punt returner in the preseason games and really made the most of his opportunity. I think he has separated himself from the rest of this group, like the Armani Marshes, the LJ Davises, the Stephen Joneses, uh, all competitive young corners. But Eric Gehrer has been the separator for me. Mike Brown is that next safety up, in my opinion. As far as we've seen, Austin, he's been that guy working in with that second team defense where sometimes he's out there with Elijah Molden. Sometimes he's out there with Shaheen Carter. But Mike Brown seems to be that next safety up uh, and, and has been thought very highly of by Shane Bowen as well. So I, I think he makes it. I think the interesting one is uh, Josh Thompson, the guy that you see on this graphic. One of the forgotten guys that I think makes this that, Okay, so that's Josh Thompson because I was going to ask you that because I didn't recognize Yeah, that's Josh Thompson. Well, I know Josh Thompson's face. He's just one of those ones that I have filed away from, uh, you know, it, whenever he's got his jersey and helmet off. I, I still know Josh Thompson when I see him. And I saw him a lot sitting, uh, you know, around the facility, walking around the facility, not necessarily practicing. He was on the non-football injury list to begin training camp. Uh, and we didn't see him out there for the first couple weeks. But he did get back on the practice field uh, about a week ago. He was out there in Minnesota, and I think the most notable thing about Josh Thompson for me is he was a gunner, uh, the primary gunner for the Titans against the Vikings, and Mike Vrabel referred to him as one of their core